0: welcome to nourish and connect diverse dialogues we're having those messy and necessary conversations that happen when you combine body liberation wanting to eat to support your diagnosis the freedom of intuitive eating and somehow doing all of that without falling into the wellness culture trap that says you have to be aiming for optimum health or you might as well not try On top of that, we're very aware that even just having these conversations is a huge privilege that not everybody gets, and that it's a luxury to explore this on such a conceptual level. This is a collaborative podcast presented by myself, Sarah Petty, the founder of Nourish and Connect, Angel Austin, and Christine Walker-McSpadden. We all have very different backgrounds, experiences, and identities, but we're united in our mission to help make nourishing your body a little bit easier. You can learn more about the Nourish and Connect method on Instagram at nourish.connect and at www.sarahempowers.com slash nourish-connect. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive in. All right, the recording has started. You did it. All done. Yay. (laughs) So uh, we're coming here together today to talk about who we are, what we're doing, why we're here, and give a little bit of like a prequel into what we're going to be discussing in this podcast. So lots of topics, lots of things to cover. But first, let's just say hi. So hi. My name is hi. Sarah. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And I live in Fort Worth, Texas. And I have been the founder of Up Movement Co. and Nourish and Connect. Um, I've been doing food-related coaching for about six five years now it's evolved quite a bit we're here now and something that i'm really focused on with this podcast is wanting to share these complex topics that often are so oversimplified when we're reading about them on social media Um, and they require a lot of compassion and a lot of nuance it's so easy to feel like we know what the right answer is or what people should be doing about things but the truth is that we all have unique experiences and so that answer can change from person to person. So talking about these ideas and giving space for the ideas to breathe instead of forcing them to end up in a specific answer. So that's what I'm excited about because I like I like messy conversations that are like talking about things mm-hmm. where I don't even know what the right answer is sometimes. And I'm okay with that and uh, letting your bees come room for air and some room for growth is always good too. So that's what I'm excited about. One thing about me that you might not know is that my undergrad is in voice performance. So I have a completely different background. <laughs> and so I kind of switched careers, um, mid-20s. And so in my free time, I like to audition for local musicals and sing all sorts of karaoke songs off of spotify um (laughs) you'll find me like screaming at the top of my lungs to like wicked or something like that on any average weekend and so that's something i like to do with my free time cool that's it (laughs) (laughs) um angel why don't you introduce yourself
1: okay okay i'm so first want to say that i'm so glad we're finally doing this I'm glad we have... Uh, we did it. You know, this, we, we were talking it. about it, and it's so excited about it. So I'm so glad that we're doing it now. Uh, I'm Angel. Um, I'm probably known in the community more for being um, the creator of Sacred Space for Fat Bodies. And I, too, have made quite a few pivots <laughs> since I started this a couple of years ago, probably at the beginning of COVID. Wanted um, to have a space where people who are generally super fat plus um, to come in and be able to re- receive self-care services that are very hard for us to get out in the world because of access and accessibility and, uh, uh accommodation. Um, generally we're too big for, or too, uh, heavy for average tables and chairs and other, you know, uh, self-care paraphernalia. (laughs) And so we, um, I wanted to create a space to do that. With COVID though, it made it really difficult to have people in my home for obvious reasons. And so I kind of set out to create a space um, and help people create those spaces for themselves out in the world, Um, especially a space that is online. That's been my focus for the last couple of years. I'm met Sarah at some point, I guess, through Sacred Space and started to work with her at Power Up to help with social media. Um, I've kind of taken on a little bit more work since that time. And I'm really excited to kind of expand my work, showing up as a person moving and also just with marketing and helping the business grow. I'm really excited about that. I didn't know about you, Sarah, that you had a vocal background. I don't know if you knew this about me, but my degree is in public relations. Uh, it's in the, under the umbrella of MassCom and my minor is classical voice. And so- Yeah.
0: Look at yeah. you, fans. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I remember you sharing that, I think in a blog yeah. or something and I was like, ooh, but ooh, I just no. kept forgetting to bring it up with you.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's pretty interesting. I obviously am not singing, I have sang all my life in church and backup vocals for different artists or whatever, but. Not singing
2: so much as of late. I actually kind of miss it. So really, so like, what I'm, I'm hearing is podcast the musical episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. All right. Spoiler. I do not sing. Oh. So oh. Can you play yeah, drums? Sorry. There, that, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out.
0: We can make a band.
1: That works. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. But yeah, that's pretty much my life. I am a black, um, infant of fat. I'm a pronouncer she, her, and I advocate for uh, folks who are super fat, infinite fat and beyond, because we are the ones who generally, even within the um, arena of fat liberation, generally are excluded. So that's, that's the center of my work. And that's kind of what I bring and lived experience to Hara Movement Co. in an effort to offer Services and in movement, and give all those things back to people like myself who they've been stolen from.
0: We're so Huzzah. glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Christine, please introduce
2: yourself. All right. um right. I'm Christine, and I have been a movement and nourishment coach for close to a decade at this point. Fun fact, my bachelor's is in fine arts and painting, classical painting. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> you, yeah. So I also took a big giant pivot under the guise of diet culture, which I think is how a lot of us come here, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that we got here, but uh, the trip here is, you know, filled with all sorts of bumps. Um, mm-hmm. I... Got my master's in fitness and wellness um, leadership. I can't even remember now that two years ago. Um, and yeah, I have been a coach for Power Up for, I don't know, six months now, Sarah. Does that sound correct?
0: At least, yeah. Prior
2: to that, um, my spouse and I ran um, our own business, Positive Force Movement. But, you know, with the pandemic, we had to shut down our brick and mortar.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then um, I very much fall into the neurodivergent neurotype of I do a couple of things really, really well, and I can't do the rest of the things. So all that marketing and social media that comes with running your own business is um, overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I am really grateful for being able to work with Power Up and Sarah and Angel. Yeah. Um, a thing that people don't know about, I mean, I sew. So my social media um, is The Wild Within Couture and I do um, apparel and accessories um, for predominantly fat folks, that's my focus, Mm -hmm. that's who gets to be first in the line, Um, and queer and trans folks. I am non-binary, my pronouns are they, them. I live on a farm with four large dogs, five cats, 12 chickens. I have a kid and a spouse. And Mm. I rarely, rarely have my you know what together. I am (laughs) the hot mess of the group. No matter how hard I try, there's a dog barking. I'm something is going to go awry. So I'll put that out there now. I will take the title as hot mess of the group.
0: Right? <laughs> well,
2: I feel like, right? <laughs> like you <laughs> I think it comes down. Mm. I have to I record so so many of my classes for power up that it is pretty much public domain at this point, how much uh hot mess fits my life with the dogs running in and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff happening. So And I am I three leave. credit shorts of a master's in uh fine arts.
0: Oh really? That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I gave up through <laughs> three credits shy. And I was hey. like, I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. I didn't
0: know that.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then I did a graduate degree in science and master's of science.
0: That's so cool. Well, like you, I switched because of, I was like, Ooh, if I get a master's degree in nutrition, then I'll finally know all the answers and I'll magically lose yeah. the last 20 pounds, quote unquote, which like mm. was a made up number that, was arbitrary. And then I got like one year in, I was like, oh.
2: Yeah. Oh, wait. Now <laughs> I have more questions, actually.
0: Oh, oh, I think I had this all backwards.
2: Uh
0: huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and what was great was that my degree was not anything like, you know, intuitive eating focused or even really like thoroughly examining like fat phobia or anything like that it was kind of early days with those public conversations and in in more um academic spaces at least from what i knew from what i was exposed to but i did have a class the first little like blurb was is food just the food that you eat or are you consuming the energy in the room are you is it the media that you're exposed to and i was like, like oh this whole idea i have about food being this like method of making my body conform to a certain shape is like so such a small aspect of all the mind-blowing ways that i can interact with the world and like i wanted so much more than that at that point
2: i, also I kind of- had a, a very different uh graduate school experience with wellness and fitness mine was three years of arguing that I actually do exist in those spaces Mm -hmm. and that I get to exist exactly the way I am without having to change that. Um, Being somebody who is focused on anti-racism and abolitionist and decolonization, I couldn't believe just how much the social justice piece of Uh, movement and nutrition just is completely not even ignored, or it's like barely acknowledged, Mm -hmm. or acknowledged as in, like, really accusatory, like, it's that person's Mm -hmm. fault. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had a very different experience. I, it was a, a rough go. And I learned just how passionate I am about what I do. When you were saying that you did the hard pivot, because I can totally
1: see how you might have experienced that in fine arts. Uh, given the fact if you if you I don't know if you've read Sabrina String's book. Absolutely. Blew my mind the connection between the history of art and, you know, that time and everything that came out from that that she brought out about racism and the fat black Mm -hmm. body and all that stuff that just, it's i I'm a lover of art. And that was (laughs) like one of my favorite classes in college. My favorite period is like the Baroque or the Rococo in the Baroque period. I loved it, but then reading her book, just, I was like, oh man, you know, like all these (laughs) artists that like were holding, upholding these things. It's like, no.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the white Eurocentric supremacy culture of fine arts and health and wellness is strong. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, when I when I was uh, kind of wrapping up my master's, there was a lot of like practice, like clinical practice that I had to do. And I learned very quickly how much disordered eating behaviors were just like present in the average population Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how, um, some of the things that were required, like having a weigh-in at the session, you know, determining a BMI, determining an optimal weight, whatever Mm that, like it was very arbitrary. It was based on like this math that I had to do. Um, and it didn't really make sense to me just knowing my own body. When I did those numbers on myself, I was like, I don't understand exactly why this number is the number that we're supposed to write. Like that wasn't explained. It was just kind of, here's what it is. And then of course, if your client's not comfortable with that, you can just leave that out. And it's like, but why are we doing it in the first place? If we know that, because we did briefly discuss disordered eating, it should be like a huge section of any, any, anyone who's studying nutrition should be like taught about disordered eating first, in my opinion, because it's so prominent and it's so easy to spot once you know what to look for. But if you don't, you just like- I found
2: a lot in my sports nutrition that we were prescribing disordered eating. When mm-hmm. we were asked to write prescription or to write nutrition plans for our athletes or whatever it was we were doing that we were actually prescribing heavy disordered eating.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah. without putting that name on it.
0: No, oh, of course not. <laughs> of
2: course, Right, not. right. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, that's just that's just nutrition. Exactly. Uh, No, no, that's not it.
0: I'm very fortunate that the degree that I have was an integrative health degree. And so there was a much more holistic approach in terms of, you know, do what works for this person and adjust these templates to make sense. But I ended up just throwing out even the templates and doing even Mm -hmm. within my even just with my practice clients. By the end of it, I was like, No, this is not what people, <laughs> this is not helpful. Like I would still, you know, follow along the general like template of a session because that, that structure is helpful. But like all the prescriptions, I would be like, no, we're just going to pick one, you know, one to three things to work on. I had to fulfill like the obligations of mm-hmm. my degree, obviously. Right. But, but beyond that, what I was actually telling them was like, here's some simple things you can start with. You don't need me to prescribe you the paleo diet. That's not helpful to you if you like, aren't able to cook dinner five nights a week because you work a lot. Like that's not going to help you. It's just gonna to add to your stress. And what am I doing if I'm just making stuff up that you can't even follow? <laughs> so it was. So I, I am grateful that I did have a more holistic approach in terms of the education that I had because it, w- it did help me see the light a little bit sooner I think than I would have otherwise. Um, But yeah, I was still clearly very, very rigid. And um, I mean, what you were saying, it's definitely upholding these standards that are arbitrary and not useful at all, because they encourage people to like, be something that they're not. Um, Yeah, it completely
2: reinforces the dominant paradigm of whoever's in power, you know, the power structure, which, you know, could lead us to talking about food accessibility in a future episode because that (laughs) comes down to a lot of what we're talking about what you just said i can't as a professional Mm -hmm. prescribe you a b and c if you can't cook five to seven days a week and as somebody who i don't cook at all actually Mm -hmm. um there's no way i could follow a written prescription diet and i have gastroparesis i mean they give you lists and lists of things you're not allowed to eat. I we I don't mm. have a choice but to eat things cooked from scratch if I want to thrive. And um yeah. you know it getting a gastroparesis diagnosis for me completely turned everything I thought I knew about nutrition on its head.
0: Mm-hmm. Completely.
2: Everything mm-hmm. we're taught that I even as somebody who's a fat liberationist and um believes in getting rid of all that stuff, even everything I thought I knew
0: within that was completely flipped upside down. Yeah.
1: Because you figured out what you needed for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's not prescribable. It's what you need
2: for yourself. It's exactly it. It is not prescribable. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to put it. Mm
0: -hmm. Like there's so much we don't know about nutrition. the Right. the number of nutrition, true facts of like, here's what we know for sure that you as a human being absolutely need X, Y, Z in this amount of is very, very low, very, very limited. All the research that we have is very like, suggests suggest that, or this might mean that. So mm-hmm. one of the few things that we do know in general is that people need a lot of fiber to mm-hmm. thrive, but not with mm-hmm. gastroparesis.
2: <laughs> nope, you <laughs> can't have any. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day.
0: Yeah, do not like, put
2: Ellie and Way in your stomach. I was like, excuse me, what? How? Mm. What? How does really, the rest of this work? Yeah. <laughs> what,
0: what do you mean? This like basic <laughs> concept that's like drilled into us from day one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just
2: things that you absolutely accept as nutritional fact are in fact, not. Yeah.
0: And that's why it's so important for us to not use like good and bad or even like values when it comes Mm -hmm. to talking about food because the truth is what's going to be quote unquote healthy or supportive or whatever word you want to use for that Mm -hmm. for you is going to be completely different than what might be healthy or supportive for me because our Mm -hmm. bodies and our experiences are so different and That's why yeah, I mean,
2: Angel could want the most beautiful spinach salad in the world. And that could mm-hmm. be so healthy and healing for your body and mind. Mm-hmm. If I'm to eat that, that could put me in the hospital. Yeah. And it really mm-hmm. comes down to But like everybody's like, oh, yeah, a salad. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It just comes down to it's exactly it. It's not prescribable. And it is so individual. And it is so yeah. individual in the moment. Yeah. Every I mean. moment is different. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like you should. Uh, we should make a, a Instagram a blurb of that. If I eat a spinach salad, it'll put me in the hospital. <laughs> <All>
1: right? <laughs> Imagine that. Trust me.
2: I dream. I dream of nothing but raw vegetables. I, like, mm. longingly watch people eat salads. I'm like, oh, that, mm. I bet that's good. My kid's walking around eating a carrot. I was like, oh, tell me about that. that oh. That's crunchy, huh? That looks crunchy and good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, okay, weirdo. I'm like, oh. yeah. But it just um, comes down to that it really, everything you think you know, you don't.
1: No. And, and I'm it's really, what Sarah said earlier,
2: the more we know, like the more you're in school, the more you're like, oh, wait a second. I yeah. don't know any, like I have questions, mm-hmm. many. That, yeah.
0: that bell curve of like confidence versus- Yes. Yeah knowledge uh-huh, we're on the uh-huh. other side of it now we're like we know
2: nothing <laughs> <laughs> nothing i yeah. i know absolutely i don't know try it out see what happens that tends to be my answer to all my clients uh, i don't mm. know what do you think yeah let's see what happens
0: whenever my husband's like hey can i fact check something with you is this true and it's like health related or nutrition related i'm like well <laughs> it, it depends, depends. <laughs> it depends <laughs> yeah. that's right. what know. they're known for
2: saying it depends
0: I really kind of want to go back to what you were saying about how because you can't have salads, you're like obsessively watching people eat. Yeah,
2: obsessed.
0: So that's so interesting to me because we would say if someone did that about, I don't know, Oreo cookies. Right. We would be like, hmm, this is a, you know, quote unquote, unhealthy. This might be like Mm -hmm. disordered. But for you, it's like literally your survival mode. Uh huh. Um, So I love that. Fun fact I can't
2: eat Oreos.
0: You can or you can't?
2: I can. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want them. They gross me out.
0: Oh, really? Oh.
2: Yeah. Oh. But there's something that I can't eat. It's it, like you just said like somebody would look at that and be like, "Oh, that's probably good, right?" No. No. No, that's not good. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, you flip it on its head. I think it's circumstances, just different foods.
0: Yeah, I think we should definitely explore that in the future when we're talking more about food rules and like our perceptions of what's yeah. healthy and healthy because when you flip it like that, it really puts it into perspective. What mm-hmm. is going on in our minds that reinforces this stuff. And also like how the removal of something from your regular intake makes you want it more. And then absolutely, you it, and if you're like um, intentionally allowing quote unquote yourself to have it like Oreos. And you're like, eh, like that's right. really interesting. Right.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's the thing. It, that's exactly it. The minute I like, you're told that you can't. That like rebel kicks, in. you're like, "But that's what I want.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what
2: I'm gonna do." And that comes up in whether it's you. I can't eat fiber. I can't eat most vegetables. I cannot eat anything raw. I can't eat anything with skin mm. on it. Those were some of my favorite foods. So like, it feels yeah. like it's being taken away. The reality is, I can make the choice to eat those things. Mm-hmm. I still have that choice. I am just choosing, like. As, as hard as it says it, like if I eat that, I know there's a repercussions, right? Like there's the yes. the other end of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: So I have to tell myself that when I get into that circle thought of obsessed over eating raw vegetables in a salad, mm-hmm. it has to be like, well, you sure can. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to yeah. pay the price on the other end? Of Are that? you
0: willing to go to the hospital?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. And it turns out the answer is usually no. Yeah, hard no. I
0: would think so. I would hope so. Yeah,
2: yeah. Listen. Sometimes I don't make the best decisions.
0: <laughs> but it, it, it is
1: interesting, though, that if you told somebody that you were obsessing over that, they'd applaud you.
2: Yeah, it, it, absolutely. That's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You oh, great! I'm so, so glad for you. What? Yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's like just switching. Literally, like it's the same behaviors that we considered disordered in. You know, let's just let's say fat people, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody who's on a prescribed diet who is obsessing over those Oreos. We would criticize mm-hmm. that. We would call that mm-hmm. like a lack of willpower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you literally just switch out that one food because the mm-hmm. way I eat is a very restrictive diet. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no choice. Uh, there is a choice. Yeah. I do have to be careful. There is a choice. Okay. But um, you just switch out that one food and all of a sudden the view on that becomes completely different. Mm-hmm. But it's the same exact behavior. Mm-hmm. When you're restricted for something, you obsess about it.
0: Yeah which is why I think it's so important to be curious when when we're like learning about someone else's behaviors, because it's so easy to jump in and be like, oh, that's disordered or, oh, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. And it, we yeah. really don't know. <laughs> and no. they Right. Exactly. No.
2: Right. I mean- my intake could look really, really disordered from somebody who doesn't know my background and my health. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. looks disordered to me from somebody who does know it. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of it from the outside, I'm like, oof, I could see how like five years ago, me, could have been really, like, triggered by this behavior. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes, you know, life or death, or, you know, my spouse just had their mentor die, and gastroparesis Mm -hmm. was one of the major contributing factors. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, and we talk about, it's a lot of GI stuff, which comes from, Mm -hmm. I mean, we could get into the trauma-informed part of it all. Oh, yeah. But it comes from a lot of mental health and trauma stuff affects Mm -hmm. GI disorders. Outside of diabetes, damage to your vagus nerve is one of the major causes of gastroparesis. And mm-hmm. I don't have diabetes, mm-hmm. which it's amazing. A lot of people assume that I do because I have gastroparesis mm-hmm. and I live in a fat body. I'm a fat person. It's important to talk about these
1: things because people need to see or like at least be feel free to talk about ways that they have to use food aside mm-hmm. from and. I, You know, my thing is always, I'm thinking about the people who are really hard on fat people or people who have eating disorders and make value judgments about them. But the difficulty that I face in my work and the things that I see are people who you think would know or better understand, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, how these things can be different for all of us. And that's why these spaces are so important because we really do need a, like a safer space within a safe space because I've spotted up before that there are times that you could maybe, I know you don't do social media like that, but like if you were to speak about this, you know, these things and the ways that you have to eat mm-hmm. um,
2: yourself that you might get blowback for that. Oh, I for sure. I, I absolutely know. agree with you. There's reasons I don't talk about it. Yeah. A, because okay. in a public forum, it could be incredibly triggering yeah. I mean, yeah. even the fact that I am a vegetarian, clo- I mean, we have chickens, so I eat eggs, but I don't eat yeah. dairy because I can't, mm-hmm. I physically can't. Yeah. Um, that already gets enough attention. Yeah. And we're vegetarian for spiritual reasons. Like you even talk yeah. about that. Yeah. God forbid That's bringing it. in all the other things. So yeah. I don't want to, it, absolutely. It's, we need a safer space to talk about these things. I mean, look at the public treatment of Roxanne Gay. Anytime yeah. she tries to talk about anything in that category yeah. of wellness yeah. or um, any uh, the way we treat any of the especially the fat femmes, yeah. when they try to talk about these topics of okay, I love that body positive fat liberation, mm-hmm. and also <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't feel good. Yeah, what do I do? How yeah. do what? I have no idea what to do with that.
0: People are just told to like, oh, well, you should just love your body.
2: You should just okay. Feel good. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well that doesn't make
0: me happy to get out of bed and like give me so much energy that I can get through my day all of a sudden magically. Like that's not- Right. Sometimes.
2: And I don't think, especially for folks outside of the cis, white, heterosexual, thin bodied, getting up and just loving yourself when we're told constantly every day by the world that we shouldn't. Yeah. Much less any of the other things that we face—that just that that can't be the answer. It's,
1: so it's a tall ask,
0: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really a, a really unrealistic expectation for anybody, but mm-hmm. especially someone who doesn't have those experiences, to mm-hmm. be like, "Well, just you know, work on loving yourself more." Like that, mm-hmm. it's so deeply unhelpful, and it—and it what does that shows, even mean? Right. What What does that mean? But also, it shows a like lack of true understanding of what Mm -hmm. these actual issues are.
2: Hey, there could be a whole episode just on the topic of love yourself more. Oh yeah,
0: oh, Oh, there will be. (laughs) That's
2: what, anytime somebody mentions body positive, that's literally what I hear in my head. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm.
0: I hate Mm -hmm. it, I hate it. Yes. It makes me so sad that that phrase has been co-opted because I don't have a problem with the phrase itself. And like, I think there's some people that are using it the way it's supposed to be used, and yet, now i feel so cringy every time i either come across it or say it to refer to what i do because i know that's the best label that the people i'm speaking to yeah. are going to understand mm-hmm. yeah. i'm still like oh yeah. i
2: think anytime we throw the term positive onto something it creates a whole like line of gaslighting it doesn't yeah. leave room for the rest of it because mm-hmm. yeah, like how do i get there like what right it <laughs> Right. And how do I just stay there? Like, do you stay there all the time? I don't know about you, but being like that positive all the time is really exhausting. Yeah. I really strive for neutrality. I like to be just kind of thriving and vibing in the middle. The moments of positivity, some moments in like realization of a little bit below and then just kind of vibe in the middle.
0: So what you're saying is you don't want me to send you a positive vibes only
2: t-shirt for Christmas? Sarah, I for sure would be returning this under.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> or I would just cross it out and write neutral vibes only. Yeah. Just neutral, neutral vibe vibes only. Yeah, neutral I just, vibe. I really want things to
1: be even. Sarah, you've been talking about kind of this concept a lot in your videos around not always enjoying movement. You know, like sometimes it's about getting there, you know, getting it done, looking at your, you know, remembering your why, thinking about the things that you want to do, that movement can help you get to, you know? And I feel like I'm all about like really feeling movement and enjoying it in the moment, but it's not always that way. Like, it's not, it's just not always, you know, like that. And so I feel like positivity is a wonderful thing when you can get it, you know, but
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, I think that for the most part, uh, we just need the tools. Um, and, and I, I think I, I posted on my, um, on my page a few, I don't know when it was, every time is a blur at this point, but I posted <laughs> a while back about, um, diet culture being a thief, you know, absolutely and how we have these things, food and movement that are ours, like by, you know, our birthright, you know, to some extent, you know, based on our various abilities and where we are in life, are ours to use as tools to have a life that fulfills us, you know, even if that fulfillment is just making it through the day or, you know, feeling better than we did yesterday or whatever the whatever it is that we want out of it. Um, but they've been stolen from us, you know, and, and, um, and co-opted and, you know, made to assign value to us and all these other things that just aren't real or true. And uh, I feel like I'm on a campaign. I feel like we are in, you know, so many ways to take that back, you know, and to parse out all these nuances and all these different things, you know, that are where we show up as humans, as individuals, so that we can use these things to, to help ourselves you know to strengthen ourselves to build our stamina to you know feel good you know just to exist you know and mm-hmm. that's neutral you know that's just what it is sometimes but it's still what is ours yeah, i love I, that I,
2: food and movement are our birthright you're absolutely yeah. correct
1: Yeah, sarah says that yeah.
2: all the time it's so true they're essential for survival yeah,
0: yeah i always think about um how if if we say that, like, you know, body neutrality or, or just not necessarily cl- clinging to this concept of being positive all the time in our bodies and, and eating intuitively and always just enjoying our food all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with movement. Movement can be something that makes us feel better, even if we aren't enjoying it, quote unquote, in the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, just mm-hmm. like how if you needed to eat a certain thing, or not eat a certain thing because of a medical condition. And that's mm-hmm. literally giving you more energy and more life. In the oh, same way, yep. movement can be mm-hmm. movement or lack of movement can be mm-hmm. what is needed in the moment to support yes. your your well-being and your like yes. your life force. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's why one of our like foundational pillars of things that we like will never ever let go of is body autonomy, which is ultimately Mm -hmm. you know best and we're here to like support you and and give you education and guidance when you want it but you get to decide what you do because you're the one who has to live in your body nobody else does yes
2: yeah nobody's the expert on you but you yes yes Ooh, that was some heavy stuff (laughs) y'all i like it i like it a lot
0: so we'll be talking about various aspects of that stuff but we'll get a little more Mm -hmm. specific future podcasts but today was just kind of an intro and who we are why we are doing what we're doing what the vibe is and all of that
2: neutral vibes only sarah neutral Neutral vibes only only. i swear
0: i'm
1: gonna
0: make (laughs) 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 it i'll wear it in all
2: my workout videos for you i love
0: it because i feel like i don't know i've always felt so pressured to like be the smiley happy like Mm -hmm. kid you know or like this is going this is ties into all sorts of stuff like purity culture Mm -hmm. and all of that but like felt pressured to be perceived a certain way because of the way I look and my age and all of that good stuff but um in my in my mind I'm just like I think I've talked with both of you about this I feel like I'm just this like amorphous blob of a soul floating around in the world and like if I could just exist like that and just do the things and not have people oh that would be (laughs)
2: so good it would be so
0: great
2: having a body is really hard
0: it is it's really
2: hard it's like the hardest thing we do all day is having a body
1: yeah it is now based upon the world we live in Mm -hmm. it most definitely is I wish that we could live in an era you know in a time where our bodies just, I dream about these things. Like in my dreams, I had this dream last night. I know this is not like, this is just weird, but I had this dream last <laughs> night that I um I was up on this tower with some friends and whatever I was on was rocking. It was like about to fall. And I jumped into the water and I float. I panicked for a minute and then I was like, wait a minute, I float. You know, and I was like, okay. And so I put my head above the water and I was like, okay, Angel, just breathe and get back to the shore. You know, I love when I dream like that in my dreams, I generally float like, like even out of water. Um, I'm weightless. I Sometimes I'm fat. Sometimes I don't perceive my body at all. Right. But I would love to live in a space where our bodies just didn't matter. Like our The way we looked, there were no value judgments, no bias, no nothing. We were just like these things that kind of orbited each other or bumped into each other or were attracted to each other or whatever. And we just existed and we helped each other. We fed each other. We, you know, sometimes we fought each other, whatever, like, you know, all the things, you know, that we do as humans, but without all of that extra junk. It's just extra stuff. Yeah, I would love <laughs> I could do anything in it. My sounds
0: day. so peaceful. I know.
2: Really? I'm like, I just want to float. Yeah. I don't That's have nice. any dreams like that, Angel. You're gonna have
0: no. I'm today. always and like you?
2: falling and looking for things. <laughs> oh, I'm always wow. looking for things
0: and I can never find them. I never have a right. positive or negative dream. It's always just like, no, unease and anxiety. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> and I'm like always late too.
2: for something, but I don't know what it is.
0: That means something. Thesis
2: point, we all have anxiety. Easy. Yes. We have anxiety. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the hypothesis of the statement. Yeah. We have yeah. anxiety.
0: So mm. before we wrap up, I do want to say that something that I've been really kind of learning for myself is that even though I want to be a blob floating in the ether and not have a body, <laughs> I also know that the healing and the the becoming of myself Yeah. Requires a body because that is part of me and where I am housed and is fun and as peaceful possibly as it could be to not have a body. I'm so glad that I do have one because that is what makes me tangible and real in this real world that I live in, even Mm -hmm. though it's hard. And even though sometimes depending on your body, that comes with Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that Mm -hmm. is not a good, not Mm -hmm. fun, not a good time. No. Um, Mm -mm. but I'm still, so I'm learning to make peace with that. I'm learning to allow myself to recognize that, that my body is a part of me and not just like the separate yeah. substance, but oh, it is yeah. truly a part of my soul. Like it's connected to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the healing really begins is like first you separate yourself yeah. and then you're like, okay, things are not cool in the world. And let's work on those things. And also, I think then for our own individual selves, the healing comes in with coming back into the body when when it feels yes. safe and when it's the right time mm-hmm. and making peace with it. And that that's the journey that I'm on right now. And I think that's going to you know, yeah. be a lifelong thing, not just a, a oh, thing. Oh,
2: yeah. But sure. wouldn't it be so much easier if it was like a one and done
0: it would. So oh, I did it!
2: Great, thank you. Next.
0: You mean we can't just check lied. it off our list and be like, "Okay, I know I love, I love I a good comment. list."
2: Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Now, now we also mean, probably can, would like... be out of a job if uh, that could happen. Yeah, I do, I do think we we
1: level up like to different realizations, you know, and areas of understanding. But unfortunately, like or fortunately, it's an ongoing, ever learning process but the good thing is that we do it together in community that's right and and that we're not just trying to figure this out we couldn't there's no way we no could i agree i don't think we could on our own. yeah nope. there's no mm-hmm. way.
2: i agree
0: yeah.
1: we're not meant to no human mm-hmm. beings are not meant to and there's exactly. so much that comes with that connection that is enriching to us so yeah
0: and that's why we're here. That's why we have this podcast. Yep. That's why I decided yes. not to make this my podcast, but instead yeah. our podcast, because I don't have all the answers. I don't want to have all the answers. And no. I would like to that's a lot leave. of pressure.
2: It is yeah, a lot of yeah. pressure.
0: And it it's stifling. And so I'd rather it be a conversation, even if that makes it messy and harder to yeah. you know, I'm gonna have to edit because we I interrupt people accidentally or whatever. Like that's okay. We're, gonna, yeah.
1: we're just showing we're gonna up in perfection. our imperfection. It's not about perfection. We're showing up in our imperfection.
2: Oh, I would yeah. be in big trouble if I could only show up in perfection. I would never mm-hmm. show up. Mm-mm.
0: Well, that's what stopped I'm, me for so long. I'm always a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Well, thank you both yeah. for talking with me today.
2: Yeah, awesome as always.
0: Yeah.